This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. Visit them on their social media pages for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. That's boring, Ryan. Aha. Uh-huh. I don't want to talk about it. I, I can't. Are you, uh, are you, uh, sobering up? Are you drying out? Are you talking about, are you talking about the, 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 the water? Yeah. I mean, I came prepared to drink tonight. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> no, I drink too much soda. So this gives me my fix of bubble, but gives me, uh, the, the ability of water. There's no booze in there, though. No, I mean, I have a white... Do you want me to go get a white claw? Why don't I go borrow one from you? Borrow? I have some white claw. Come on over. Uh, dude, I don't know. This podcast just swapped, and I just left and came up to yeah, your house. Yeah, that'd be funny. Your, that would be funny. I don't know why you're not here doing it. You, we could have been on the same dude, screen. Why, dude? I get Ed. stuck. Yeah, we'll ask Ed questions. Well, so you know what? Be. Well... I've got Ed and Ryan from the band, the University Drive, and I came tonight uh, with an award for Ryan, who is um, the, has appeared the most times on the Popco Project podcast. This is number three. Virtually, I have for you a Stegmeier summer stock logger. I think this is from like 2006. Dude, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just want to really, I really, I just want to thank my dad for giving me the opportunity to be on Paco Project up to three times. I'd like to I made a joke to Ed. I, I literally, I never, uh, I never understand. Like, everybody makes jokes. And you're like, oh, you, you do so many bands and stuff. And then once I get the Stegmeier 2006 award from you, it kind of really sets in that, you know, I'm doing it. So, this, is, this is real. This is real life. Man. Real shit. You're, you're a pioneer. You're uh on your way to the top. Thanks, ma'am. <laughs> uh, it'll be here for you. Uh, very warm. This this bottle has probably been with me <sighs> my Wilkesbury apartment, my house in Pringles. This is probably the fourth location. This is probably this is probably moved with me for four different times. Yeah. John, can I stop you right there? I'm starting to think that this is a gift is less special. <laughs> 
This is age. Sounds like you didn't this, want it four times. This is age. I mean, <laughs> it's skunked is what it is. It's not. We don't. Age. We don't know that. We it's don't know bad. that. We don't know that. We don't know that. I'll have to drink it. Congratulations. Here's your Thanks, Ed. <laughs> I don't know, man. But how are you guys doing? Great. Excellent. Good. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I had a bit of a health scare recently. Oh no. Yeah. What happened? Uh, well, so I, uh, I had this spot in the back of my head that kept flaring up every like three or four months. And it was always like around the time I would go to the barber. So it, it, it was like this, it's like really red and like, um, it felt like a, like a, like a under the skin pimple almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kept flaring up and it, it's very, very painful. I kept dealing with it for like two, two and a half years and. I um, got to the point where I'm like, maybe it's, it's something, you know, going on, right? So you go on Google and you basically read you're going to die. But I saw that it might be a cyst. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just have it looked at. You can get those removed. And why, why, why continue with this pain every, you know, three or four months? So I go to the doctor and I thought it was just going to be like a consult. Like, let's take a look at it, blah, blah, blah. So I guess there's like a mole on the site of where this, is, this, this uh, flare up is. And he goes, this mole looks like it might be a little weird. Let's just let's take it off. Let's let's uh, have a look, you know? And I'm like, right now? He said, well, I mean, you can do it now or you can wait. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys ever try to get into a dermatologist, but it's a it's nightmare. Forever. It might be another year. So I'm like, well, I'm here. Might as well do it now. Right. So he takes the mole off. And about four days later, a few days ago, he, he calls me. The doctor calls me. Himself, the doctor who who performed the procedure called me himself. At that point, I'm already like, "Oh, I'm fucking dead." Oh, the doctor's never. I would have started writing my will. No, (laughs) yep, same. Then he goes, you know, he goes, you know, this this is is this John? I said, yeah. He goes, this is Doctor So and So. Do you have a minute to talk? I'm like, oh fuck. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. What's up? He goes, well, the good news is. And I'm like, fuck, I'm done. I'm done. He's, he's saying the good news is, and well, there's, uh, that implies that there's bad news to follow. So the good news is the mole's nothing, blah, blah, blah. I guess the bad news was that he didn't know what was causing the, the flare-up. Um, so he prescribed some kind of a topical you know, thing and you know, no big deal. But for a minute there. Oh, so you're good. Okay. I'm, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're okay. As far as I know, the mole's fine not cancerous uh but yeah but all those things the fact that he called me directly you know do you have a minute to talk you know well the good news is i'm, yeah, like, that I'm, I'm dead terrifying. that sounds terrifying i'm dead I, I went for you know just to, to have a look and, and now i'm gonna die but no <laughs> i'm fine i'm happy you're not dead same and then today i got fondled by a different doctor that's cool uh, oh, i don't for, like the way you word <laughs> yeah he uh well i <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was being uh, evaluated for a vasectomy. Ooh! Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. No more kids. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that was the first time that's happened in a long time. You know, it's funny not to take this in a medical route right off the bat, but I had a uh, I got tested for Crohn's once. Yeah, uh, it's in like it's in the family. My stomach's garbage. Ed could attest to it. Um, and. Yeah. I go and get tested and do the whole, like, uh, what is it, colonoscopy, which, by the way, the 
the, the procedure is not nearly as bad as the, the liquid death that flies out of your body pre whatever that is pre procedure. Um, so they, they get me tested. I go to my doctor afterwards for like the checkup, right? I, I shit you not. This is how it went down. My doctor walks in with a, let's just say it's this, right? He walks in and goes, Ryan, right? All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, for Crohn's, right? And he backs up to like the alley. He goes, Veronica, did, 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 uh, I don't think so. To this day, that is the answer I have for if I have Crohn's or not. You didn't say, hey, guy, like, uh, Doc, nope. what's, what's up? I was freshly 21, and I kind of didn't want to know the answer anyway. It's not even like it's going to affect my life in the sense that, like, I would just fix it then, and my problem would be fixed. I just, I don't know, I just accepted it. I went, well, uh, take that as a big W. <laughs> well, it's, it goes along the lines of, like, you know, with COVID, if, if you don't test, you, you can't test positive. So, fuck it. There it is. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't get an answer that you... I can't poop solid. Well, yeah, but if you don't get the answer that you have it, then you don't have it. Right, exactly. Right. Words to live by. So don't go to the doctor. <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want answers to. All the good oh, stuff. Oh, man. Well, guys, thank you very much for doing this. It's been a long time coming, yeah. like, right? Yeah. It's funny. I only see Ryan when we do these podcasts. and He lives, like, a street over. That's so funny. It is funny. That's the only reason I'm allowed to do these podcasts so often is because <laughs> I live so close. He actually, I actually steal off his Wi-Fi. That's why we get such a good connection. <laughs> well, you said you were gonna you were gonna shovel my driveway and then cut my lawn, and you did neither of those. I'm He's just running. upset. You He's keep believing me. Time. He's running all the time. He'd be doing it. Yeah, I, I just you know I've told him a lot of things, Ed, and clearly I use it for leverage. I get on the show and then I don't do the thing. Well, yeah, he's, 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 I was trying for you, right? He's bad at leveraging. He gives me what I want before I do the thing, so I never have to do the thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I'm not. Gonna You're lie. bad at business. I'll say it. I did it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm not going to lie. Like you doing this for me is better for me than it is for you. Let's think about Listen. it. <laughs> you got me you got me at a weird point in the night too dude i feel like i'm like half awake so i'm gonna start slamming this aha is that caffeinated that aha um because they make that well as zero calories so that's sick um that's zero added sugar there's a big zero on that can we read the scan all zeros just going, ooh. <laughs> you know, ooh, aha. You know, I was thinking the other day um, about drinking beer and how we consume it, right? And then people, like, throughout a day or mm -hmm. even an evening can, you know, finish six, 12, some people a case, whatever. And I start thinking, like, there's nothing else in the world that I would drink as much of as I do beer. Like, I'm not going home and drinking a six pack of Diet Coke. Throw off a six pack of beer if I'm like camping in the woods, right? I'm I'm gonna throw something in your court, and Ed, I think you would agree. Yeah, go for it. I think this six pack of soda is way more up Ed and I's alley than a six pack of beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the guy that like th like just to put in perspective, I don't very seldomly drink. Like at a show 
or I think Ryan is literally the same as me. Like if we're playing a show, we'll probably walk around with one beer, maybe two beers for six hours, you know? But when I get home, I'm like, or on my way home, I'm like, well, I, I think I should get a six pack of Dr. Pepper. I'm going to party tonight. <laughs> I'm excited for my uh, my sugar rush of Dr. Pepper at 35. So wow. Crazy. I, feel like the, I feel like the beer at that point, it's like, the, nah, I guess I got to do this to fit in. And then after Ed and I leave the show, we're like, can we get the Coke from McDonald's? <laughs> you guys are getting lame. Like, run over and grab it. I can't do it. Because I'm an old age. I just suck. I just, I just was at a, a, a practice for, for Dance Hall Devils, and I had a Miller High Life. I never, I very seldomly drink, and I literally had to run away, like leave practice 10 minutes early because I said, guys, I am about to shit right in my pants. Now, that's not, that, that, that's not some unique thing. But the, the speed in which that it came on was very unique, and I am totally blaming it all on the highlight. So, well, I guess you you and Ryan do share a similar stomach because Ryan plays a game. Can I make it home? Oh. You remembered. Of course, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I forget which one that was. That with the Robinsonade, or was that the with prob- Yeah, Aid? that sounds about right because I, uh, I I have lost that game. Yeah, we all have. Yeah, same. <laughs> multiple. Uh, Can uh, multiple. I make it home? <laughs> I've been I've been playing that game for th- for thirty years. <laughs> it's funny because Ed and I had to learn how to play. Can I make it home? But it was like, can I make it to the next gas station when we did the tour? <laughs> yeah. Because we were just like, especially when we got to Las Vegas, dude. It was that, or you found like something. You yeah. know, we were we were really good. I think we were really good. Our diets were pretty all right too. So yeah. like we were, we were doing okay. Oddly enough, well, you mentioned. Yeah, I think it was the diet of not eating. Yep, that that helps. Yeah, <laughs> nothing can come out if nothing goes in. Exactly. Hashtag right. truth. Right there, you go. <laughs> but no, you, you mentioned tour. So like, you guys are kind of fresh off of tour. Maybe like uh, what six weeks or so. Something like that. Um, you were out with cold uh, for the second time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that you were out there with them in 2019, I want to say, right? Yep. Yes, sir. That, was, that was kind of in support or around the time that you released the album Clear? Yes, sir. Yes. Cool. So pretty great opportunity, right? You know, being out with a, a nationally known uh, rock band who whose fans are uh, insane. And I don't, I don't mean insane in a bad way. They're just... Um, passionate fans super, actually super dedicated super yeah actually when i had when i had scooter on a few you know a month or two two ago um i actually got into a back and forth with a fan uh just that's how passionate they are they like if oh, yeah. you miss if you misspeak and i didn't even misspeak to to a degree but he let me know that uh, i was half wrong and then we got into a whole another thing but right that was a, uh, that was a good interview by the way i listened to the whole thing yeah, it was a fun time. Super sweet. He said a lot of really sweet things about the band, and you got both. Yeah, bands, which was so. surprising. Awesome. Well, I mean, I don't think he would have asked you guys to come out for a second time if he didn't uh, believe in what you guys do. So, no. But I mean, no, you know, I think it's a lack of confidence on my own accord to be like, oh, well, that's really nice. I can't believe you said that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, 
not because he dude, he's a sweetheart. So like, it's not unbeknownst to me that he would say something sweet. It's just weird hearing it out of his mouth because it, it'd be one thing if he said the band, but he said my name. Oh, like, you oh, directly? Wow. Okay. okay. He said everybody's name. So I was like, well, that's kind of crazy. Uh, he yeah. knows your name. Well, yeah, and I was a cold fan before we did this. Yeah. Like, so what I was, did. What was that like? What was that like? I mean, a huge fan of the band, and you're going to go on tour with them. What was that like? Well, the, the crazy thing about this whole scenario uh, is my whole way that I even got into this position was Ed sent me a text. Basically, it was the most – I don't know if you remember it, but it wasn't – do you want to do a national tour? Uh-huh, I remember. Ed said, like, <laughs> hey, man, you know, I, I got this opportunity, like, I, but, you know, uh, Johnny can't do it. Do you think you might be able to play a show with us? Like, what do you think about playing a show? I was like, yeah. And in my head, I remember I was in my room. I was like, dude, I get to play. I'll probably play the keys with, with like, you drive. I love you drive. It's one of my favorite bands. And that year I had been filling in for a lot of people. Like, I did Permanence, Michael Hart. Like, I was doing a lot of things. So it was like, oh, cool. He noticed I was filling in. I'll, I'll do it. And then he goes, okay, it's this. And the test, like, test message was like, you had to scroll through the dates, too. Because originally, too, there was more dates on the thing yeah. that ended yeah. up not being able to play. It was three whole months. <laughs> I was like, uh, um, I go, give me two minutes. And I literally just flipped the phone over. Went, yeah, I could do it. And then I figured it out afterwards, basically being like, I'm going to go talk to my job and hope they don't fire me. Right. So you did the old, but, uh, like, even at that though, I knew what me and you have discussed our early two thousands love of rock about each time I've been on every this time. Yeah. 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 So, but that is one of the bands, man. I mean, I found them because, uh, Aaron Lewis did a song with scooter. I think it's bleed. And that's how I found out who Cold was because I was a big Stain fan. You, cool. you know what I mean? So, like, my brain shut off when I got the opportunity. I did. I felt like I hit it pretty well from everybody because I didn't let. Oh, you know, you can't let all the cards fly out of the bag too early, you know, right? You, you, and you pull the old like uh, sales guy routine. Like, if a, a guy says, like, <laughs> "Can you can you have a meeting with me this day?" You kind of got to like pretend to go through your your calendar and be like, "Oh, I'm kind of busy. Uh, I could probably fit you in, maybe." I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could do you it. Yeah. What did he just fucking say to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, it's funny. I'm actually curious as to Ed's perspective on even asking. Because I know, if, again, I'm not putting myself down in this position, but I know other people had gotten asked and then, like, it ended up, like, I was one yeah. of the people that ended up getting asked. So I want to just kind of even get Ed's whole position on it. Well, how how it started was, like, I I had the same exact reaction that you did when I got that first initial message of, Hey, do you guys want to open Nick Coyle got at me and he's like, how do you guys feel about opening uh, a tour? Like, you know, going on tour with cold. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, like that blew my mind. Cause like Ryan, like I was also a fan of, of cold growing up. And the way I became a fan of them was because I'm everybody in Scranton knows that I'm a huge Weezer fan. And uh, I remember I heard, I saw their music video. I had heard their song come on in like a grocery store, something like that. And immediately like recognized like the Weezer feel that's ingested in that song musically. 
And I was like, well, that's fucking awesome. And I later found out that Rivers had co-written the song with Scooter. So, yeah, stupid know. girl. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and that's, and I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry, no, but like no. going back to what I, I got a, a back and forth with, with one of the fans was about that mm-hmm. because I was, I was pre promoting the podcast and I said, hey, you know, if you want to ask Scooter anything, uh, you know, here's your chance. And, you know, it's this, this, the guy who brought you song X, Y, and Z. Right. And he's like, well, he didn't, he didn't write stupid girl. Just so you know, I'm like, well, half, halfway. <laughs> I mean, from, from as, as far as, you know, every conversation that he and I have had about that, that song, uh, cause we talked about it a lot. Cause we both are huge, you know, supporters of Weezer's first record, <laughs> you know, the blue album. It was, you know, it was a collaboration from what I understand. And, you know, if Scooter comes back on, I'm sure he would correct me if I'm wrong. But from what he, he has told me is that they had the music to that song. And he had the, I believe he had the chorus, you know, that she's going away part. But he couldn't, like, figure out melodically where to take it in the verse or just wanted to try something. And him and he got it Rivers, who he was a huge fan of. And then Rivers helped a lot with the verses. And the, and the bridge was like a collaboration. So, I mean, yeah, they wrote it. It was a collab, collaboration, you know, yeah. what I understand from what he's told me. So that's what, that's what he told me, too. Yeah. So yeah. But sorry to cut you off. But yeah, so you're, you're a fan because. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you better be sorry that you cut me off. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, what's it called? Um, he. Uh, I am. <laughs> so so i hear that too in the grocery store or whatever i read eventually rivers blah blah, blah become you know i love end up falling in love with uh the year of the spider record and you know they're just a band that i really liked and to get that message was just fucking mind-blowing so i you know uh went right to the band i was like dudes hey we've got this opportunity to go on tour and i mean this is what i've been wanting to do my whole life you know, to go on, I mean, I've, I've toured my whole life as far as like getting in a van or getting in an SUV with three other dudes and going and playing your, you know, shitty VFWs and your delis and your bars and whatnot and your art spaces, but never had a, an opportunity like, hey, come and play these like legit club dates, essentially. So uh, immediately I went to the band and immediately there were reservations from certain, you know, Johnny was worried about time that he could he, he'd be able to do. He had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, every, everybody had their certain things that they couldn't couldn't do. So I think the first person I reached out to, if I remember correctly, was James Barrett, actually. Uh, and I was like, yo, would you be interested? Just because I knew James for so long, you know. So he's the first person I asked. And he, oh, I don't know. I've got this going on. I got that going on. And immediately I thought, I was like, I wonder about that Ryan Grutt dude, because like everywhere at that time, every show I would go see or every show I would play, you know, it'd be like, oh, here's permanence, uh, but Ryan Grutt's playing bass or, oh, here's, uh, you know, there's Alma Mater. Oh, there's this band, uh, like you said, Black Hole Heart. And oh, Ryan's up there fucking singing a part or playing like, you know, and he's at every local show singing and supporting all the bands and you know, I said, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? And in my head, I didn't think I didn't mean Ryan weren't like we were acquaintances and kind to each other, but we weren't like now we're bros, you know, but at that point I didn't, I know what he was going to say. So, so I was pleasantly surprised when he was like all about it. 
and now you know ryan has become like a vital extremely important like part to the equation of university drive like if ryan tomorrow decides to go then i'm in deep shit you know yeah no i just you know it's funny i like legitimately didn't know how it got to the point of me i guess you know what i mean like i'm like I always thought you just kind of like got a hat, right? And you were like, all right, kids that look like they should have been extras in Twilight. And then you're like, uh, oh, oh, oh. And one last thing I forgot just because I, I need to say it. I did ask Matt Meng too. Matt Meng from uh, mm, the yeah. Tribute Band, uh, No Memories. And he just, he wanted to do it, but it's, it, the timing was all fucked up. So, I so it was a lot of time. Basically, what you're saying is Ryan was like the. Fifth, sixth, seventh choice. Exactly. He was tenth or eleventh or fiftieth or fifty second. You know, but he, he did the best he could, and he keeps doing the best he could. You know, so we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Said yes. Yeah. <laughs> will you? Will you take this rose? <laughs> and I took it hard. Oh, yeah. mm. All right. Yeah. Next question. I fucked well, up that answer. <laughs> well, and you mentioned like you know this is an opportunity that comes your way unexpected. You, you know you have jobs and you're worried about like you know what do I do? Like how did that play out? I mean, you know Ryan, you, you mentioned you know will I have a job? Like are you still with that job? Did you say it doesn't fucking matter? Like I'm doing this. And Ed, how about you? Hey, um, go ahead. Well, for me, I'm I, I am lucky enough to wear the company I work for. I do you know painting and drywall kind of work and uh i've been very i've been relatively blessed with a boss who is incredibly supportive of it and is cool with me you know kind of taking my time i just give him a heads up and he was he was really great about it same thing with this last tour he was really great about it but i also made it extremely clear to everybody involved and this is you know no skin off anybody's back but i was very much like I'm going, I told the band this, I was like, I don't know, you know, what you guys are doing, but I'm going on tour. Like I, this is the whole point, you know, this is what I've been trying to do is to have a platform to be able to kind of bring this music that I've been trying for years and working at for years to a, a bigger audience. So there's no way, there's no way in hell that anything was going to stop me from doing it. And if I did, did happen to lose my job, I just, have to figure it out and get another job or go work solo or something, you know, like I just, this is, this is what I'm trying to do. Even at 35, like this is what I love to do. So. Well, I mean, I was going to say like, you know, there's certain moments in, in people's lives, like, you know, you're presented an opportunity and it's like, you know, you don't know if that's going to be the, the thing that takes you to the next level, but if you don't take it, you'll never know. I mean, Exactly. It, it's yeah. funny. It's funny how that stuff kind of works out. It's like, uh, I'm glad that you were like, I'm going regardless. I'm glad it worked out that you had people that, you know, you can take with you. I'm really, I'm really grateful and lucky to have, have had people throughout, you know, from the beginning, but between the, the 2019 tour and this last tour, like everybody who's been involved past and present, like I'm really grateful for everything that they brought and the ability, you know, the, 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 the willingness to make it happen or at least try to make it happen because it is really important to me, you know, like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a big believer in like, you know, this is, 
as far as I know, this is the one, one shot, one round we get, you know? So, um, I, I can't let an opportunity like that just glide by because, you know, because it, oh, it might be scary, you know, like yeah, life is scary. Sometimes you got to try some shit and I'm super grateful we did because I don't know, it seems like, it seems like we have, have made a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of progress as far as with Cold's fan base and a lot of, they just, a lot of them welcomed us with open arms. So, you know, I'm super grateful. Yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, this area, I mean, um, I think you guys were very like, how do I say this? It was a big win for us too. Like you know, as, as much as it was for, you know, an opportunity for you is like, you know, we've had, you know, bands like Breaking Benjamin and the Menzingers and um, I'm going to fucking forget an important one along the way, but you get what I'm saying. And it's been a minute since, you know, one of the local bands has kind of had an opportunity like you had. So I remember when that was a big deal in 2019 that yeah. you had that opportunity. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it was definitely something that took, that took me by surprise too. Cause I mean, uh, I remember having a conversation with Ed. I was only 22 when I went out and did that. And I had only done my first, first tour i think like the the in january that year doing like i filled in for somebody we got in a van and we went out and did some things and uh so i remember telling ed when we were driving because like we i kind of got to know him as we did the drives ed and i were always we always stayed up late it was always ed and i usually staying up late driving and uh i remember saying i felt like i skipped like you felt you feel like you skipped steps even though you're working here to do this you know what i mean like I'm, it's not like i didn't play shows all the time and go and do x y and z but it just felt like i was like i shouldn't be playing these shows yet like you know what i mean like it felt weird um because the first round of shows dude i got to play um i was i always went to shows at chameleon club i cried that night we got to play that venue and it was packed it was so packed for that show crazy because they have two sets of balconies i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly it was like there's one that's kind of like if you're standing on the stage, um, the balcony's feet, like their feet would be like level with your head. So there's that right. first one and there's one that goes up even higher and it was filled out all the way. And I was like, oh my God, I sunk in that whole show. And I, you know, and at that point I wasn't in the band. So I was just like living up every experience I could. Like I just was very happy. I got to go play music and a band that I really like. And like, I ended up becoming friends with everybody in the fucking group. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was really, it was crazy. And it really did. It changed my life in a way, not in a way of being like, oh, it's like I'm in my parents' office right now doing uh -huh. an interview. But um, it changed my life in perspective of, of what I want to do. Because when you actually go out and get a chance to go do something, um, you know, I could have hated it. I could have <laughs> had this dream my whole life and I could have, I could have despised it. Yeah. You know? And it does suck at points to go out and, and do stuff, but like that's I love it so much that you know I'll deal with sleeping outside of the Wendy's in in Las Vegas to get some sleep. You know what I mean? Like you can I'll still just, get Wendy's. You can still get Wendy's. He can still get Wendy's, Ed. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it was it was such a cool time, such a cool time. It was right before the pandemic, so everything was like. I don't know. It was like a super freeing time. Like yeah. we got to do so much. I got to go play. I never was in LA. And the first time I was with LA was with Ed. And that was the first time you were on a plane. It was crazy. It's crazy. 
So I mean, it's, it's regardless, whatever happened after the fact, it was just a great opportunity, great experience. Um, and then obviously, you know, six months to whatever it was later, the pandemic hits, you know, it's like, talk about taking the wind out of the sails. Like you guys just come off this tour, you're kind of like energized, motivated. Let's fucking, let's fucking go. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what a kick in the fucking teeth that was. Kicking the balls. <laughs> balls. What did you guys, I mean, how, how did you guys kind of react to all that? Um, you know, especially coming off of such a cool opportunity, like uh, touring with cold. I mean, I know personally, like right when it had happened, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I guess cynically just being like, of course, of course, of course that would happen. <laughs> you know, Like, of course, like it would finally happen. And then the whole world would literally shut down, you know? I don't know. Ryan's doing some parkour or something right now. I'm not doing. I, I, this is so dumb. I had to get a drink. <laughs> Another this candle. Uh, yeah, do you want? <laughs> oh, you know how you know you're rich when you have a, a second fridge in the garage. That's right. That's how you know. Get away from me. Ooh, here we go. It's a let's white go. For you, Johnny. White claw. Let's, let's go, baby. Someone's going to be shitting all night. <laughs> Ed saw me, unfortunately, on Saturday, and I was uh, I had a rough Sunday because I drank like two packs of these. Yep. Um, um, but you were saying it. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, no, no. I had to comment on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was an enormous kick, you know, like of like fuck man like of course this of course that would happen and uh i mean i definitely like hit a little had a little bit of depression going on like in the first month or so that going on or two and you know but then but okay so earlier when we had gotten back initially we had met up with uh paul from eight days a week where we just recorded the record and we just had a meeting with him discussing the idea of like in the future working on something, you know, we said, Oh, maybe we could do this. Or maybe we do that. I went down to Northumberland where his studio's at hung out me and our old drummer, Steve went down there together and then, you know, did another meeting and decided, okay, we'll do a project. So when we had gotten back and we had that meeting and whatnot, kind of had some loose plans and we said, well, all right, let's go book a session. All right. Just for the fuck of it. And like before we even book a session, like that shit hits, you know what I mean? So immediately there's the depression. Immediately there's the like, what the fuck's going to happen? And every time we would try to like uh, set up another date, like the restrictions would get tighter and everything. And I also felt like clear took such a hit because we, even though we just had all this promotion by going out for 23 dates and doing this tour, it was like, okay, now all that's left is online promotion because we can't play shows, you know? So I just focused big time on writing songs because we had, you know, we set up a situation where we could be at that studio as often as possible. And once it was safe, obviously, Mm -hmm. but uh, I made it a point. I was like, I'm not going down there with like 11 songs and saying like, this is the best I could do guys. Let's record them. And you know, if half the record sucks, like oopsie doopsie, you know, like (laughs) that's, that's not, that's not what I, I made it a point. So that whole time during the pandemic, which Ryan would, will attest to is all I did was just demo, demo, demo songs until we had like 
a ridiculous amount of songs. The number, by the way, is between, I believe it's between 50 to 65 demos that yeah. are in a, a Dropbox folder. Not from anybody else but Ed. It was and it's insane. not like... It's not a voice memo and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like scrubbing a guitar. It is a full flesh demo. That's great. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So he has all of these demos that at first um I'm still not really in the band. Right. Like, that's right. Uh, like at this point I'm still like post tour, I'm not in the band, it's kinda in the air and everything's in the air because the whole reason I was doing something is because somebody else was there, you know what I mean? But it just like, it just kind of got even crazier with the pandemic because then you get, you know, variations of, dude, it just didn't feel, nothing felt right. Nothing felt right. good. Nothing felt safe. Um, and uh, I ended up getting a call from Ed and then we ended up just talking. I went to the studio and I started going to the studio more. Um, and then it ended up, Ed, I think I was with you from, November of 2020 mm -hmm. till whenever we finished the record. And I would go every Saturday. Every Saturday, Ed would pick me up at like 8, 10 in the morning. We would yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Which was like, and it, yeah. I was just going to say, it was just awesome for me because I was so used to with every other record, like, you know, the band being there for if there was a band, the band being there for like one or two sessions and then it just being a solo ride, essentially, you know, so to have all of a sudden have grunt with me, like, and have somebody else, like, you know, in the beginning, it started off like it was Steve, me and Paul. And then Steve kind of, you know, removed himself from the project for a while. And then it was just me. And then there was a point where Angelo was coming here and there and Angelo was living a crazy life at the time and it was working so many hours and he was i god bless him he was there like totally sleep deprived when he could be uh but you know when ryan i was like hey you want to come down and then it started to be like okay every time i go down except when he absolutely couldn't do it like ryan was there every step of the way until the very very end i don't think people appreciate how much goes into all of it like Definitely, right. You know, just, yeah, I mean, like, you know, working day jobs and working, you know, maybe it's multiple jobs and mm -hmm. doing band practice and writing music and trying to get on the same schedule as, <clears throat> if not everyone, at least one person so you can make something happen. Like, right. it sounds like you guys really, like, nothing that you guys have has, have earned, like, came easy. <laughs> you, know, you, you earned every part of, of your journey so far. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, uh, we always made this joke about getting uh, punched in the face, like we're the best punching bag. Yep. You know what I mean? Because like, it seems like anytime something starts going in some sort of upward direction that we always, we, we're like a little group of problem solvers because there's always a problem. Uh -huh. There's always something we have to deal with. But all of us are pretty like, yeah, you've talked to Angelo. Angelo's like this little ball of energy and happiness. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, God, dude, I don't know what we're going to do. It's, like, it's okay, man. Like, it is okay, Ange. Thanks, man. And then, like, yeah, like, we 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 always have to, you know, figure something out, especially doing the record. Um, it's just been a crazy – it's been such a crazy two years yeah. in general. You know what I mean? Um, from playing that show at the arena – and and having to learn how to play in front of cars that are honking at you instead of clapping, <laughs> which was fun. 
It was. That was a fun show. I had so much fun. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. And then, you know, we we go back out, and then the second time we go back out, we're direct support. It's a completely different slot than what you're originally doing. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. know, you, we were the first band. I wanted to ask you, like, you know, how was, you know, you, you go back out in 2022 with Cold. How, uh, I mean, I, I have an idea of how, like, I was, was going to ask you, how was it different? in 2022 compared to 2019 and i think there's a lot to unpack here yeah um yeah so go ahead uh well i mean as far as like like ryan was saying first off you know we had that direct support slot which is fucking insanity and again so grateful um so we were playing a lot of these shows and you know bringing our a game and and it felt if it, it just it just the vibe felt different straight off you know like right when we got out there and a lot of people kind of knew us though now too from the 2019 tour from the clear record circulating and again not like everywhere we went people knew but there were some shows like we went down that love drafts in harrisburg and yeah. this blew my fucking mind there is this kid there's a picture of him somewhere on instagram and he has headphones on and i don't know how, how right how old would you say that kid was oh that young kid I think right? he's five yeah i yeah. think he's five five six year, years old and I, I i apologize to his parents if i'm getting his age wrong but he was singing like the lyrics to ending an execution and a bunch of the custom execution songs. shirt yeah, like made like his because his parents made like these shirts because they were cold fans and they were also U- University Drive fans. And he came up to me afterwards and uh, at the merch table and was saying like all these like it was super fucked up. It was for me to see that because I remember being that kid at at the show, you know, like when I saw you know Osmo when I was a kid or in any you know name every band that i've seen but to see that like just that coming out of that that kid was un, unreal so just so that something like that right off the bat was super inspiring but you know along the lines too like it was it was a little it was it was difficult though too because we you know we were tra- traveling in my suv with a trailer so you know we're driving where before we, we did, you know, like a week, then we'd come home for a couple days or we do two weeks, then we'd be home for a week, you know, and then fly out for the, a week to go play two shows or something in California. This time, you know, it's you're going out and you're playing like 40 dates, essentially. So that was a bit of a learning curve as far as like figuring out how to make it work. And there there were a lot of, you know, issues along the way and problems, but the, the one big takeaway that I had through the whole process was, you know, and this isn't to like throw shade at anybody or anything like that. It's just being completely honest was that Angelo, Ryan and myself, like we became a real, a real team, like a real team, like halfway through that tour, two, three weeks into that tour, we just became a, a real team as far as like problem solving and, figuring out what we were, how we were going to make things happen or, uh, or things we weren't going to do, you know, like, so it was, it was different, but I would say that 
the tour started off really fun. It got really difficult for about two weeks. And then after that, it was like unfucking real after that. I mean, dude, we got slammed too. My grandfather died. Yeah. Yeah. A week and a half in. Yeah. So I ended up teaching, but it's a fine teaching. You know, we were lucky enough to have somebody help us out. And I got on a plane and flew home. And then I flew, you know, I did the service and I ended up staying a day. Um, later uh because my flight got delayed so like the funeral was wednesday i got in tuesday at 10 i just didn't get to see my family you know what i mean like i just like like, it just sucked and the whole situation blew so i i fly home um fly back in san antonio and then it's just you pick up where you left off and you're just Mm -hmm. like you you know you really don't have that much time to really deal with anything when you're like trying to do it and my my big thing was like dude like you know I have to come home. I have to be with my family. I'm like, but these guys are family. Like, I got to go back. Like, we made a thing where we're supposed to be out. I'm I'm going back. But, like, you know, there's so many times where I was just, like, by myself. That they're just like, oh, God, why did I go home to do? Did that really happen? Uh, uh-huh. You're, like, looking at pictures from the funeral. You're like, oh, my God, he really died. Like, I really flew home and uh-huh. and, and, and ran and did that. And, you know. Um, I think, you know, a lot of us, excuse me, I think a lot of us learned a lot from this in the sense of like, dude, going out and not being able to touch home base like we did the first time. It's such an eye opening experience Mm -hmm. because you start slowly realizing that a lot of comforts from home too, just they they don't come with you on the road, which of course, you know, but like once they're like realistically, like, you know, dude, there were so many nights where we fucking had to figure out sleeping arrangements and you know some days so i mean we both got sick and you have yeah. to be sick in the car i had to be sad in the car while they we drove to texas when they dropped me off in tallahassee and you're trying to process a death but also somebody's playing mario kart to your left so you're not really paying attention to what's going on yeah you know what i mean like you have no real personal space and if you do it's 10 minutes in between like a sound check or something like that so, you know, you got to you really do. It's a, such a learning curve, but it was, it, again, it's still one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It was really after those, you know, the initial two, three weeks, like after that, even, even when we were still in the SUV, like everything started to kind of find its way of working. But that's a big thing that Ryan touched on was the time factor. Like, there's no time. There is no, there isn't, you know, it's not like, <laughs> I love it whenever like somebody I work with or somebody, you know, you work with or whatever, right? Like, will be like, so what's it like on tour? Just like fucking partying, bro. Like, you know, this whole, this whole. <laughs> no, <version. not> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's literally, I'll tell you what it's like. It's Angelo passed out in the backseat or Ryan passed out in the backseat or me one of us driving, the other one navigating, and me fried out on nicotine and caffeine, like, just, like, holy fuck, I need sleep right now, and then getting to the venue and being like, hey, boys, uh, you got sound check in five minutes, you got to unload and drop that trailer, all right, run, rush and do it, like, it is constant, and it doesn't stop until, until the trailer is loaded up, then it stops, you know, like, it's not, it's very hard to stay in touch with people, it's, difficult but again i i love it though at the same time so yeah well again uh, go ahead oh good no i was gonna say i remember one of the first times where we me you and Ange, 
uh we sat down and we ate together yeah yeah uh-huh. it's uh-huh. like it's like this four is nice. weeks in <laughs> this is it's nice. like four weeks in and like we're like and it's funny because you think we'd be like how lovely and we're all just like because it's like we finally had a minute to just sit down and, and relax oh. yeah well again i mean it's it's one of those things like you guys earned everything uh along the way uh i mean let's uh let's address the elephant in the room i mean University Drive came back um, off tour, a different band. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring it up because I know you've done other interviews um, with other people and you've, you've addressed it. Um, I want to preface it by saying that <clears throat> um, you know, we'll talk about a, mem- a member change or yeah. remember, you know, uh, preface it by saying that um, uh, I don't want, not that you guys are going to do this, but this is a personal thing for me. Um, you know, I know Steve, the, the old drummer, Steve Martin. Um, I know his wife, Brittany, they've always been, you know, super great to me. Um, Brittany's a sweetheart. Steve is always respectful to me too. Um, not that we're going to get into a a shit talking session by any means. No, 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 I'm just, I'm just preface. I don't, I don't want, and he's not here to defend himself. So he's not here to talk about. So Steve, if you're listening to this and you want to talk, we can do that. But University Drive came back from tour, uh, a different band. Mm-hmm. So, how did that all play out? Well, how basically what had happened was, I mean, within within reason was that things just the road's hard, man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really what happened. Is the road is very hard, and you know money gets tight out there and things could be it could get a little a little scary and when we were playing these shows and things were going on and i just think i think steve was just in a place where it kind of became a little too much for him you know like that that's essentially what had happened like the you know a lot of the things that you're used to were like like i said earlier like going out for a week or two you know it's one thing but when you're traveling around in a car with three other dudes for an extended period of time and you don't have any time to yourself and you know you have to lug your equipment everywhere like we don't have roadies i mean we were super grateful to have you know ryan williams and darren uh fernandes like helping us out when they could but for the most part it's completely us you know running every single night and there aren't a lot of breaks so i just think like the the constant pressure of everything just got you know just got to steve and once we had gotten to arizona he made it pretty clear that you know he was going to go home at the whiskey like that he was done by the whiskey and then he you know in anaheim california he, he decided to leave a little early at the house of blues so that's, he had, uh, i know he had uh, i think he had work he had a three-day drive and he had yeah. work to like he had started i believe he started a new job and you know, I think with all of us too. I mean, we're I oh I have zero animosity in any sense of it. It just dude, it gets rough. Yeah, it gets rough, man. And uh, you know, I really do care about Steve in, in yeah. every sense. And it just said I think when we finally, um, I don't know, it just didn't play out the way it worked. I mean, starting a new job on the road sucks. We didn't have internet connection because he was going to do uh, like a remote position. We couldn't connection. We couldn't get set up. God yeah. forbid, it was the loudest thing in the car because you know we're all trying to stay awake i think it dude to be honest with you i think it does suck 
it's not an easy thing to do, and I think it sucks to yeah. do this. Well, you said before, you know it's I mean? like things become real, like things that right. like you know you think of in your head that you know it might be like this, but you're not sure. Like it becomes real. Right. And it's like you decide like, is this for you? Mm-hmm. Is this not for you? And and there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And you want to know what it's, it's, I mean, if you've noticed over the course of the seven years, you know, that this band's been around, like, or, you know, most of the bands that I've been in, most of the bands, most people locally have been in, it's very, very rare that members stay even, you know, people who consider each other brothers or sisters, you know, in band in projects, because, the re- a lot of reality sets in in different ways for people and priorities you know change for people yeah. and i that's not to crucify anybody or anything like that it's you know you have everybody has their personal priorities that they and that's what's important you know but yeah. what wasn't what was most important was making sure that 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 tour got completed you know like that above everything else like that's what needed to happen that tour needed it, we needed to take that tour to the finish line for a thousand reasons. Um, and uh, it's really it, the whole, the whole situation there is it's, it's just sad, honestly. Yeah. You know? So were you in jeopardy yeah, I, of not finishing? Other... Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't want to go into all that, but there okay. was, but there was definite fear of it not working out. And, you know, we ended up turning things around quite a lot, but yeah, yeah, it was it was lovely. And let me let me figure it out. <clears throat> let me add one other thing too to just kind of throw in something too cuz like I know it's like the other thing I don't want to be misconstrued uh, in all of it too is like that man played such a big role in this band enormous for you know enormous. for such a long time and is such a good friend and uh you know I I can't really thank him Britney, especially him and Britney turned their house into a sweatshop. Yeah. Like to help us out and, and help us with merch and all this stuff. So I don't want any of that to get mistranslated either in the sense of like, dude, some things just don't work out. But like for everybody in this band is in debt to how much they all put into this project too. Right. And like again, like but like like I'd said too, the the thing to follow up with is uh y- you know, we kind of just had to put our head down and, and really figure out how to get home i mean there was a long period too where i remember Angie ed and i would sit we'd have like a daily cup of coffee and go we going home today how's it looking do you think we're gonna go home and we yeah. just do that and it, you know it we we it was about perseverance and what we got lucky we got you know um i don't know we busted our ass we really did we we wanted to make it all the way around Yep. And plus gas, Johnny, gas is oh, fucking eight dollars. We were getting eleven miles per gallon. Oh my god! Yeah, and that was on the good end. And then, so when you're going through the desert, which I never did the math, if you're going through the desert, and there's only one gas station for fifty miles, they can charge whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. So remember, we stopped, and it was what was it? Was it nine dollars? Yeah, yeah, it was so bad, dude. It got to a point like. I mean, it, it, not not that any of that stuff was. We knew that going in that, especially with the gas price prices hiking up and everything, we knew it was going to be bad. But that was like, wow, this is really bad. <laughs> yeah. No. So. 
it is what it is though as far as all that stuff you know the 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 one thing like like ryan said is you know i'm I'm eternally grateful to everything Steve brought to the band. And, and I mean, as far as clear, like clear would not be the record it was without Steve's involvement, like hands down like that. Yeah. He's a big part of that. And same thing with Johnny too. And John, cause Johnny played on clear, like, you know, and even this new record, Steve plays on a lot of the songs. So, you know, there's a piece of him in there, but you know, when all that stuff had kind of transpired and, you know, Steve ended up having to go home you know, Tony, we, we, we at first were like, I was gonna ask, yeah, what, how did you guys do it? <laughs> so at first it was like, what the fuck are we going to do? You know, like, how are we going to do this? And we were talking about possibly flying somebody in. And then we were like, we don't have any fucking money. How are we going to do that? That's not going to work. And we didn't even really want to ask Tony because Tony's already playing an hour and change every single night, you know, with, with cold. And that's, that's, exhausting to do that mm -hmm. and we had asked him about it and he he was he couldn't be fucking kinder about it and he was like absolutely i'll do whatever you need me to do and he learned our songs in seven hours and we didn't have a sound check or anything we went out and we were like well i guess we'll see what happens at this venue uh called brick by brick in san diego and you know we walk out on stage and there it's a packed fucking house no sound check never played together and tony came out like he had played with us for the last seven years yeah it was like outstanding moment so you know tony just stepped up and you know he want, he expressed interest in being a part of the band and we expressed interest in having him being a part of the band and now tony's in the band so and we're very we're very grateful yeah, there's special people that you come across, and I think Tony is definitely one of them. For sure, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was, it, I mean, it's impressive. Like, not that this, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're not an overly technical band, but we usually rarely play, like, there's usually change-ups in there that would kind of screw you up. Yeah. And to go out and, like, do we never got, the thing that's crazy about with the brick by brick, but not to ramble, but, like, we get there and we're supposed to do a sound check. They were like, everybody was willing to let us go, like do a set sound check, like do almost all the songs because Tony never played with us. And he only had seven hours to do it. Um, so we get set up um, and they run brick by brick like a ship. So they called for VIP for cold. So Tony goes, guys, I gotta go. And then that it ate up our whole time. So the first time we stepped on stage with him was the first time he played with us. Exactly. Which is, in front of a packed house so i'm like tony you know these songs and he goes yeah i guess like, oh, my <laughs> god. oh my god oh my god sure so we go up we go out and you know we we do i remember doing ending because that's what we were starting with and i was like okay yeah no this i could do this and then we did the second one i was like okay yeah yeah tempos are good this is going good and by the time we got to um, Only in the Way, which was our last song, I remember sitting there and like I had held my breath almost the whole show because I was like, something bad is going to happen. Not because Tony's bad, just because this is ridiculous. Right, right. Like there's going to be a, a screw up that's going to make us stop. You know what I mean? Like there's going to have to be something so bad that we have to like go, what happened? <laughs> um, and we got to Only in the Way and he hit the... And I went... <gasps> and I just let out this huge breath of like, oh, God, we're going to do it. We're going to actually get to the set. 
And then each show, he would add another song into the set. Yeah. You know, um, our first set was probably like, what, five songs, Eddie? Five, six songs, something like that. And then, you know, by the end of the tour, we're doing eight, yeah. eight or nine. And Tony, every night, would go, I'm ready for this one. I'm ready to do this song. We're like, oh, sure. He'd go up, down, check it. He'd kill it. If he didn't, then, if you, something happened, he'd ask you a question, and then he'd fix it, and you're done. And then, you know, keep in mind, too, like, we would get done playing like because our sets are relatively you know like intense like it's not there's very few moments outside of shoreline when i would play it alone where the set is like breezy and kind of laid back you know everything is very just in your face and tony would do that for 45 minutes take 10 minutes to like get changed and then go play for another hour and 10 minutes or hour and sometimes 20 minutes every single night you know, every yeah. single night he did that. So, I mean, he is a, he's a machine. He's a fucking machine, man. Yeah. And that's says a lot about Scooter. I know we said this before, but like for, you know, to him, to, for him to be okay with like, yeah, like use my drummer, you know, oh. burn, burn him out before he gets to our set. Like, unbelievable. Don't, don't worry about it. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, unbelievable, man. Really, really unbelievable. The, the In whole, fact, I think he was the one that pushed him. Yeah, he if was I'm like, not mistaken. Yeah, he, he was, was like, like, take, take Tony. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not busy. It's great. Well, man. I mean, you, you guys said you're the, the band who figures it out. So you, you definitely did that. Yeah, I saw pictures when you guys were out on tour and, um, you know, I, I, I followed you guys along the way because obviously I couldn't be there. But, um, and I saw you guys with pictures of, uh, you know, Johnny and uh, uh, Tony. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're just hanging out. And this is a cool picture that, that they're doing. And I'm like, oh, okay. They, they came back a different band. But so you're back. You're back from, from tour. And uh, you have this yes, uh, big release uh, album release or album release party, rather, at the River Street Jazz Cafe for the album that is called Heal. Yep. And uh, I fair. saw and I texted you um when i when i saw it released or maybe the day after but i was like everything about the 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 show on the 26th correct yes sir uh, jazz cafe august 26th mm -hmm. it's in plains um i mean the lineup is one of the sickest lineups that i've seen this year you know you have estacoda which is i mean you know those guys are incredible Hell yeah. um you know james barrett um you know by the time this posts He'll have completed his uh, good things that happening. Happening, yeah. Granton, so yeah, which is insane. Yeah, He's that's insane. a great. That's a great thing too. But so that's Dakota James Barrett Retrovi. Obviously, uh, Ron will be pulling double duty um, that night because um, that's what he does. But what a great lineup! Even the artwork for the the, the flyer on social media. Um, Let me just say, Stokes killed that flyer. That flyer looks so Dude, good. I, Amanda Stokes. If you need anything. Go to yeah. Stoke. She'll do it. It's amazing. Well, between the, the lineup and then the UFO, and, and like I had just got a like a UFO UFO tattoo. Like, oh sweet! Uh, like, like I don't know if you can get it in there, but it's got it's a abducting a dinosaur. It's awesome. Like, How did I get in there? Jesus, oh, that's cool. What is this? So dude, I just learned anything about. You gotta it. fix your arm, dude. You're like, yo, it's. <laughs> I, did, I don't. It's like it's like opposite. I'm like I'm like I'm like dancing here. Like whatever. <laughs> If you're listening to this uh, Spotify, whatever, yeah, do not, good. Good. don't, don't go and uh, watch the video. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, how did all this come together, and um, you know, what's what can we expect, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll wrap things up here for you. Um. Well, as far as sorry, Wilco is making an appearance in the. In all the right. Conference. So if you're oh, listening, if you're listening only, jump in the video now to see yeah. uh, Ed's, Ed's dog. Yeah, he's very cute. Um. So originally we had had the album release uh, planned way earlier uh, for June. Um, we were going to try to try to have like uh, we're just going to try to have the record ready and all this stuff. And it just it all kind of fell out from underneath us and it kind of put us in a better spot, actually. So um, where we where we landed was the Jazz Cafe, which is such a it's just such a great venue, man. Like the, it, the sound, the sound is great there. The vibe is great. The people who run it are great. The, the food is great. Like it's, it's a great place to just see a show. And my whole goal, as far as setting up that show, my whole goal with setting up this show is, um, I just want it to be a real event for people. I don't want it to just be, you know, like, uh, about us, you know, I want it to truly be like a party an actual party. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, we have this record done and we slaved away at it for a long time and really made sure that we were doing the, at least if not besting the last two records, at least putting forth the very best that we had to deliver. And, um, I'm really excited to be able to, to finally, finally celebrate this record being done and being finished and out in the world. And we have a, a really crazy set pl planned, not so much as far as all the new songs we're playing. We are playing new songs, but it's anybody who's kind of been with us for the past seven years, I think would really enjoy the set that we're going to play. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm, I'm actually paying it forward. Uh, my wife uh, is like, Hey, do you mind if I go to dinner with my friends on Saturday? Um, I have two kids now. Uh, one is, congratulations, one, by the way. Thank you. Uh, the one will be. Oh uh, yeah, congrats, brother. She'll be four weeks old by the time um, this podcast goes up. But uh, she's like, "Do you mind if I go to dinner with my friends?" I'm like, "No, no, go, go." Uh -huh. uh -huh. Guess what? August 26th. I'm I'm cashing in. <laughs> That's right, cashing those chips. Man. <laughs> I'm uh I'm so excited, man. I'm like, it's just it's finally it's something I like. You know. I always think of myself as new to the band, but I, I, you know, I started just doing this record with Eddie two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing it in November of 2020. So it's like, uh, you know, I, it's exciting for me. It's kind of cool to be a part of the band for, you know, a period. And now there's something with me on it, you know, and, and having something to be about it. And I'm excited to play double duty. You know, I like, yeah. I love, I love playing with the retro vibe boys. So, I get to open the night and then just kind of get to watch the set and, and, and enjoy. And then, you know, we're murdering each other at this practice for this show. I mean, we are yeah. like, we are just running the set over and over and over and over. Again. <laughs> so we're going to try to be as tight as possible. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, I'm excited for the, the album release clear was uh, a spectacular album. Um, Thanks, you know, that came from, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to say a dark place, but maybe a dark place. Yeah, no, um, totally, totally did. You know, um, but I was. It was cool to be part of that album with uh, some of the the um, in between songs. We had people kind of talk about um, you know what death meant to them. You know, mm -hmm. sadly, your mom passed away. Ed. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, so I'm, I'm so sorry to that, you know, that that happened to you. It's not a not an easy thing to go through, but um, through through things like that, I think um, other great things are born. And obviously, your music has been able to, you know, be a, an escape for you and an outlet for you. And um, you know, all the listeners have been able to benefit from that. So thank you for, um, you know, writing great music and and uh, pushing through everything, whether it's you know, you know, and Ryan, you mentioned you lost a, a member of your family too, like. Obviously, it's not easy. You guys, you know, life's hard. Yeah. Uh, I feel like as easy, it's, it's probably easier than ever, right? Life in general. I mean, we have technology and we have all these things at our fingertips to help us. You know, we can order groceries delivered to our homes, but like life is still like so hard in that, like, you know, we're going through pandemics and, you know, just today, uh, today's the uh, August 4th and uh, the, the Biden administration announced that monkeypox is is a uh what do you call it a um what are you gonna say because i don't know the answer to this yet oh it's like a it's like a legit like um like a public health emergency wow oh damn it okay well that's funny because i um apparently i've been living under a rock because my girlfriend kelsey was talking to me about it i go hey it's probably a tiktok disease you loser (laughs) i just like Completely, like I didn't even hear of it. Like I would hear it in passing, but I didn't know it's legit. It's so I just actually post. So I posted on Facebook today because I was like, "Something's funny here." It's not funny, but so let me get the. (laughs) I I uh, I took the words exactly from the uh, report came from like CNN, I believe. The the Biden administration declares the monkeypox outbreak is a public health emergency, Um, and I thought to myself, you know. Six or seven months ago, back in January of this year, there was a truck carrying lab monkeys. Yep, yep I remember this. That I don't know if it, it crashed or whatever, but monkeys it had is. escaped around the Danville, Pennsylvania area. And the ones that they could not recapture, they ended up euthanizing. So it's like, I remember that. And, and now, seven months later, here we are, and monkeypox is a real thing. Of course it is. Um, I mean, it's always been a real thing, but it's just, I, I'm not saying that they're they are both related, but... So wait, can I, I, can I ask a dumb non-medical? Know. And dumb doesn't know anything about medical anything. I couldn't tell you what Benadryl neither, does. Neither That's do I. How, so this is, okay. I'm the wrong guy to this ask, but like, go ahead. I, I have no clue. I don't know medicine. I don't know what it is. Um, so chicken pox, right? <laughs> yeah. Come from a chicken. Uh, that, does uh, anybody know that science? We we that could from- definitely. I mean, we probably should know this. I mean, like, but um, not go down this road, boys. Y'all find out how stupid I really am. Yeah, and I don't Dude, want to do did that. that come I'm, from, I'm, uh, <laughs> did that come from? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna you know, hold on, I'm gonna go off camera and try to go. Uh, did that come from my? Uh, <laughs> the good chicken. Okay. I can't tell. We can, that wasn't bad. Um, Thanks, I actually had to look. I actually googled before I made the post on Facebook. So I'm like, I want to make sure that these this actually came from monkeys. Um, Did it? Yeah. Um, I, I forget the exact thing. I don't want to get into it, but I, I just thought it was uh, interesting that uh, you know today that that got announced and we did have that little scare. Like, and you know, why are why are monkeys from a lab being transported? 
I don't know. So crazy. And why? And I mean, think about it. Like, they're like, we're so concerned about these monkeys. Like we have to kill them. Right. Because they can't right. get away. Like we'll be, we'll be fucked. What if they knew like, like Victoria's Secret? Oh, go ahead. What's up? Yeah. No, I was just gonna <laughs> say, you guys, do you guys ever just feel like you're, you're in like a really stupid movie? Like that's <laughs> all this, like the past couple of years have just felt like I'm in a really, like really dumb movie. That's, that's all I could say. Like a heartbreaking, like awful, so much tra- tragedy through all of it. But like just circumstantially, I'm just like, this is this is such a bad movie. <laughs> it's like, not like fun. You're watching a movie and then like halfway through, you just go, this guy can't catch a fucking break. Yep. Yeah. That's what this, like, the, the past years have been. It's just like, you know, like I said, I, like life is so easy, but yeah, it's it's just so it's yeah. it feels like it's hard. It's like, you know, being a parent. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox here, but, but like oh, being okay. a parent, being worried about your children, and and not right. knowing what COVID does and what what COVID can do long term. And now there's monkeypox, and I just looked it up. This the virus was first identified. Yeah, in, dude, it's scary. It was first identified in captive monkeys, um, in West Africa. Uh, rainforest regions of Central and West Africa. So yeah, I mean, it, it was found in monkeys. I think that's why where it got its, its name from. But um, you know, it just—it's funny because like maybe two months ago, I'm like to my wife, I said, "Should we be worried about monkeypox?" And she's like, "No, like get out of here." Yeah. And I'm like, "You said the same fucking thing about COVID." Mm-hmm. And let I me, said let the me same add something about COVID too. And I was like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. Let me add something. Does this disease? Which what one? Do you? Which one? This new one. This this monkey new pox. Fucking, this new pox, dude. I well, yeah. I mean, I've seen monkey two pox, dude. What does it do? I've seen pictures. It's it looks similar to like you know lesions or whatever on on the the uh, the the body. Um, you know, symptoms include you know fever, muscle aches, headaches, swollen lymph nodes. You know, like, well, I guess it's like anything else. Um, so it's kind of like a really bad chicken pox then, right? Yeah, rash, fever, chills, body ache. Uh, but uh, Have see. either of you gentlemen had the chicken version of this? I had chicken pox when yeah. I was very young, yes. Yep. Um, Did you? I never had it. Yeah, I had it. I mean, it looks very similar to that from the pictures I could see on uh, online here. Maybe a little bit creepier. Um, then again, I don't remember exactly what chicken pox. It looks very similar, but... I don't know the, the Biden administration. You know, take it for what it's worth from that group. Yeah. Uh, don't want to get into a political thing here. Uh, yeah. I did vote for Biden. Um, not really happy about it, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> we're on to the next uh, thing to be worried about. Yeah. Constantly. Can't wait, man. I, I apparently I I'm like the worst person. I think I got COVID like three times. I had it once so. confirmed. Once, once for me. And I, I mean, I, honestly, it was so mild, thankfully. Like, I had it, my wife had it, and my son had it. It's before our daughter was born. Um, we were in Disney. And um, I had, like, allergy-like symptoms, and I have allergies, and I wouldn't have even attested. Uh, but we were going to see our, or my in-laws, her parents. We had been traveling. Uh, we just tested just for shits and giggles, and sure, shit, it came back positive. And it's like, yeah. Fuck. When, I, yeah. when yeah. I got it, it was it was crazy because I had been sick prior and I was sick as a fucking dog, man. And it I was 
I was not COVID positive. I was, it was just a flu. I just had a terror or whatever. I just had something really nasty for like two weeks that I couldn't fucking shake. And then when I got COVID, I remember it was so bizarre because I was, it was my back and Ryan, I think you, you say your back, you got it right. My, my, my lower back was like, I'm fucking fire. I couldn't sit up straight. And then, and then I was blocked up real bad for two days. And after that, I was, I was just fine. I was, but I was contagious, you know, mm-hmm. was I like, think I was 21 days off work from COVID. Like, Oh, the first time I got it, I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of my bed. My back hurt so bad. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I was just stuck in my room. I just was stuck in my room. I watched. I got inebriated because there was nothing I could do. So I got a little messed up and I watched Cars 1, 2, and 3. Wow. Um, let me tell you, they kill one of the cars in Cars 2. And I was so messed up that I audibly went. Oh, he, like, man. put water in his engine. I was like, what are you people doing? It's <laughs> <laughs> my boy. Fucking torture. Corvette, and they just fucking started pouring water. I'm like, no. Nah! Oh, that's, that's torture shit right there. Yeah, yeah. My, my my friend, little Claw, came by and uh, made yeah. the movie a little more realistic. So, If you guys... Uh, but, um, you... Listen, I really... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I appreciate you having us on. Oh, well, I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, this is actually a, a really great conversation. Um, it was nice to talk about the band and the, and the struggles because, I, again, I don't think people really appreciate, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, they have money. They're getting paid to do these gigs and, like, no big deal. But it's like, no, it's not like that at all. They're <laughs> sleeping outside Wendy's and, you know, paying $8 a gallon for, for gas. And it gets them, you know, 11 miles to the gallon. It's just like. It's a big labor of love, John. You know, what yeah, I mean? you know, of course, it's, it's a labor of love, and and the the point at the end of the day, like I used to say it when I was younger a lot. I, I always try to drive this point home whenever I talk about it. But you know, when I was younger, it, I was so concerned with like making it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we got to, we have to make it, and we have to. This has to be the thing, and it has to be our career and all that stuff, and at some, all that pressure that I used to put on myself and I know every other band I think does the same thing, you know, uh, it, it's, it negates your, it, 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 it kind of just puts a brick wall in front of like the potential of everything because you're so concerned with this one thing that you can't like really put yourself in the love of all of it as hippie dippy as all that shit sounds. Yeah. But, um, the moment that you kind of take expectation out of it and you're just doing it solely for the reason of, I love to do this. I love to sit and work on music and I love to be on a stage with my friends playing music. I love the people I meet through the music and through the scene and the community that you build through it. Uh, once you focus more on those things, you know, all the other struggles and all the other uh you know, the sleeping in a pilot gas station, getting two hours of sleep and driving to the next gig and not having you being like, are we going to fucking make it? Like all of that shit. It, it seems like, yeah, whatever. Like we're doing what, what the fuck else would I we be doing right now? Would we be in a fucking bowling league? 
You know what I mean? Like we're going to, we, we're going to do this thing that we love for no other, you know, hopefully, hopefully great, great things happen. Everybody wants great things to happen and yeah. the thing they're pursuing. But at the end of the day, if all it ever is, is, you know, the four or five of us jumping into my, whatever shitty vehicle I own at the time, having to camp out some pilots and play a couple shows here and there for people who connect to the music that we make. That's fucking gravy, man. But yeah. it is a lot of work. So, Well, it's funny too, because like you guys as individuals too, and I'm not going to, I'm not saying this to blow anybody here. I'm not saying it because we're doing this podcast and I'm looking right in your eyes. It's, I mean, I've said this from the minute that I've met, basically every every single one of you guys like i mean ed like you're the kindest person or one of the kindest people i've ever met wow. um you know yeah. ryan i don't know where you get the energy but i i don't think i've ever seen a moment uh where you're not smiling um you know, angelo again he's a sweetheart uh steve um also a great guy like you guys whenever i've met you any interaction i've ever had with you has always been positive healthy um fun you know and like it's not a facade it's not something you guys just do to like when you're in the moment and talking to people it's just like who you guys are and that's why i strongly feel that this is why you guys are at the level you're at and um i hope you guys get to the next level because if anyone deserves it it's definitely you guys thanks for that johnny um, you know very much i appreciate that man thank you thank you it means a lot well heel uh, comes out on the 20 20- what's that no, you keep going. You keep going. I fucked up here. What? No, no. What were you gonna say? Put the book. No, slap the bookmark. Because I was probably just gonna say something about Limp Bizkit for the seven thousandth time. Just, just, uh, just, just I don't have. To, I don't have time for that tonight. I don't have time for it. No, I wasn't gonna, but I'm sure that's where it would have went. So that was a great show. You, you, you do you. I already fucked this up. That was a great show, oh, Limp Bizkit. I know. I could not go to that show. Oh, you missed it. That sucks. That was, that was so fucking good. I was. I, I was on the road. I was on the road and. Oh, yeah, you're right. I literally I tried bitching. I tried bitching about it. One of my friends called me out there, like, oh, how sad you're traveling to the US and playing shows and you can't see a biscuit. I was like, all right, fair point, right? The, got it. Understood. Well, maybe we could talk to Scooter. Cause I in I the interview with Scooter, he's like, Yeah, maybe we'll hook up with Limp Biscuit. And I said, Yo, if you guys are doing that, I'm coming. He's like, Yeah, you're in. Fuck yeah. Yes, him and him and Fred are very, very good friends. They came yes. up together. Yes. So, Ryan, I'll, I'll 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 get you in. Ryan, I'll get you in. I don't think you know anybody to get you yourself <laughs> in. So I'll I'll that. get you in. All right, I'll I'll talk <laughs> to Scooter. I'll get you, you in. You and me. <laughs> me and you gotta go see this show. Your bandwidth is low. Yeah, it hurt my eye. That was yeah. for you. All right. Well, heel it comes out the twenty sixth. Correct. The same same day as the show. So no no oh Ooh, okay. Glad I asked. asked. Curveballs, that's what we do. All right. What we're going to do, and this is actually great uh, that you bring this up, Um, we're going to kind of release it a week earlier digitally. So the the record will be available on all streaming platforms on August 19th. Okay, cool. And before that, we should have another single out. So very cool. So yeah, but yeah, it'll be available everywhere on the 19th. Let people get a little 
acquaint it with some taste. Of a little taste. A little taste. Yeah, a little taste. Little, the tits. Uh-huh. <laughs> the tits. And, uh, and then on the 26th, we'll have... Uh, We'll have some physical CDs available, and uh, we're gonna do a a short run of some shirts and stuff. And you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. The show, I mean, outside of University Drive being it being our show, like if if that show is happening, Retrovi, James Barrett, and Estacota, like I'd be fucking thrilled just to see that. So yeah, I'm really excited. It's gonna be a really really fun night. Are tickets available for that now? Yeah, yeah, there's there's a ticket link uh, if you go to our event page or if you go on our Instagram or if you go to Facebook, wherever you go, uh, there it's through Eventbrite and the pre-sales are the same price as the door. It's $12. Cool. So either way, I just wanted to set up the tickets for a lot of the, a lot actually a lot of the like cold fans that we met who are out of the area who I know were a little nervous about the show selling out. I don't know if that's going to happen, but... Uh, possible. It's if it hey the tickets are there for people you know if they want to reserve them now or come on down get them at the door. Very cool. Yeah, what a lineup though. You, I mean, you said it. S. Dakota, James Barrett, Retro Vi, yeah. University Drive. It's gonna, gonna be, be great, blast, dude. It's gonna be blast. August twenty sixth. Well, guys, thank you again so much. I wish you all the best. Hopefully, I'll see you the twenty sixth. If I'm there, we're doing photos in the green room. We're hanging out. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. bet your ass. I want, I want, I need, I need content for my, my page. Let's do it. Let's and I, and, and I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm an emotional man. Um, I like to capture moments. So like, it'd be just nice to hang out with you guys. And Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Dude, we'll take a, we'll take a Polaroid. I've got a Polaroid camera when I was on tour. It's my favorite thing I bought. All right. Done. Done. We'll take two, and then you can yeah, have one. We'll I take can a have quick, one. a good uh, snapshot. We'll... Yeah, you can sign it. Oh, for let's me. do that. I like that. That's a nice idea. <laughs> I can sign yeah, it. Won't get me. away from me with that, but I'll, I'll definitely smile at you. All right, just again, I have to. I'll, I have I'll to, sign whatever you want. I gotta pay it forward on Saturday with my wife. Let her do the the dinner with friends and cash my chips in. Cash that's how in, much. Bro. That's how much you guys mean to me. I mean, I, I'm gonna. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm serious. You mean a lot to me. I'm serious. I, I'm like. Yep. The feeling is completely mutual, John. Yeah. Completely mutual, bro. Yeah, and I'm, mutual. I might know something about those shirts, too. And uh, anyone listening or watching, you're going to definitely want to uh, want to grab one of those because they're very cool. And there's only 100 of them. Right. Only. And we're not making any more. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Never. Never. Even if you called me up and said you wanted more, I said, nope. Nope. Done. No. That's how it works, but... All right, guys. Get Listen, some thank sleepers. you very much for having us, brother. Getting late. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Hopefully, I'll see you guys soon. All right, brother. All right. Yeah, Later, guys. See ya. See ya.